0: I think for me, I think the big reveal is sympathetic. You feel sorry for the mom, but then there's this level of determinism that you mm. respect her because of that determinism, that because she was so headstrong that she her daughter is going to be next to her rock, that church, and how for the school being close to that church, that juxtaposition creates a sort of safety net, a sort of an upliftment, if you will.
1: Hi, everyone. Hey.
0: Welcome to Bookish. I'm Kofi. I'm here with my pals. And Sylvia. Sylvia. Laura introduced (laughs) herself, and Sylvia just waited for the introduction.
2: I know. That that threw me off a bit. I was like, are we introducing ourselves?
1: (laughs) I didn't know what we're doing.
0: Yeah, it's okay. All right. It's a casual book club, so there are no rules here. Today, we are going to be talking about a particular short story out of one of my favorite writers, Edward P. Jones. Edward P. Jones won the, I think, 2003 Pulitzer Prize for fiction for his novel, The Known World. But in 1992, his first book was a collection of short stories centering around African-American working class in Washington, D.C., where he, he was born. And that book was called Lost in the City. He also wrote another book of collection short stories that came out in 2006. And I believe it was a finalist for the Penn Faulkner Award. So one of the things about my introduction into Edward P. Jones was while I was in undergrad at the University of District of Columbia, I was in a, I think it was English 212. It was a, a professor named Fraser O'Leary. And that's significant because Fraser O'Leary was, and I think he may still be, but I'm not 100% sure, a teacher at Cordozo, which is a high school in Washington D.C. It's also the same high school that Edward P. Jones graduated from. Professor O'Leary took our class to actually hear Jones at a reading, and you know, I got a chance to ask him a question that I ask a lot of writers that I meet. You know, what's the, the secret to becoming a good writer? And as he was signing my book, you know, he made it out to me and he said, the only rule is to read and write and read and write. Good luck, Mm -hmm. Edward P. Jones, 1018, 1994. So it was my first real introduction into a collection of interconnected stories. This spearheaded my reading of James Allen McPherson's Elbow Room and many other stories afterwards. And so the story we're going to talk about is the second story out of Lost in the City. And it's called The First Day. And the thing that really, really resonated with me on this story was the first sentence. And I wanted to read the first sentence. The paragraph, its the opening paragraph has a lot in it, but it was this first sentence and there were a couple other sentences when I remember reading it the first time that really, really struck me. And again, it's called The First Day on an otherwise unremarkable September morning, long before I learned to be ashamed of my mother, she takes my hand and we set off down to Jersey Avenue to begin my very first day of school. And that is the part where it says, long before I learned to be ashamed of my mother, that stands out for obvious reasons. And there's another sentence within this paragraph that she's talking about how her mom has worked really hard to get her primmed and proper. And she says, behind my ears, my mother, to stop my whining, has dabbed the stingiest bit of her gardenia perfume, the last present my father gave her before he disappeared into memory. And then this last sentence, and this is all in the first paragraph, my shoes were my greatest joy, black patent leather miracles. And when one is nicked at the toe later that morning in class, my heart will break. You get so much of a list in the actual story, but you also get these real foreshadowing moments. You already know she's going to be ashamed of her mom. She's going to learn to be ashamed Mm -hmm. of her mom. And you don't know what that means until you literally go on this journey with her on her first day of school. And, you know, I remember what it was like going on the first day of school with my mom holding my hand, you know, taking me and my sister to school and having to fill out those forms and those papers and locations or where you're from, any kind of financial information and all of that. And so it was a story that resonates with me much in the same way as the faithful resonates with me from James Allen McPherson or a good man is hard to find by Flannery O'Connor. Like some of those stories, just have such emotion and weight into them, and humor, nonetheless. But this one was a little bit different. So yeah, I, I was really excited when when Laura asked, "Hey, let's do a short story," and I like I got the
1: perfect one. <laughs> yeah, you you thought of it right away when I mentioned it. So I was like, oh well, that's the story then.
0: So what were what were some of your impressions?
1: I do want to just comment on that sentence, that first sentence, and for me. So I quickly, as I started reading, I quickly realized that I really wanted to slow down with each word, because I could tell each word, each phrase, each sentence was drawing this very, very vivid picture, right? There's a lot of color, lots of details, and I could imagine this narrator, the appearance and where they are. But for me, you know, in that first sentence, when she says, long before I learned to be ashamed and i think there is a that's a very specific way to write that to convey that learn to be ashamed not that you became ashamed or that you mm-hmm. would be ashamed but there's like a process of learning and that's heartbreaking i mean and then it ties back to my heart will break at the end with the about the shoes but i kept hanging on to that word like learned to be ashamed yes. and that made it sadder like yeah it points to the becoming ashamed right
2: yeah, I agree with what you're saying Laura about all of it, but the pacing of that first sentence to wanting to read it fast because I'm a you know, I, I tend to read pretty quickly and he slows you down immediately in that sentence and like, you know, for any students who might be listening grammar, right? Grammar lesson, right? <laughs> the idea that, you know, on an otherwise unremarkable September morning, that sentence is starting off really fast. And then mm-hmm. he pauses you with that that parenthetical comma usage, right? With a big piece of information right at the get go, <laughs> for all the reasons. You Laura. Well, and so it's making you stop both, like as you're reading, but also cognitively as you're like reflecting and thinking about all that that is meaning. And then to your point, Kofi, you know, in between all of the details in that very first opening paragraph of the story, you know the characters, a little bit of the characters, formative, past, present, and future. And that's a lot to do in one paragraph and to do it skillfully. Mm -hmm. And he does it with three details, really. You learn about a little Mm -hmm. bit about the mother, the father, right? And something about the character who we're hearing from. And I also thought it was kind of brilliant that he writes it in the present tense which I feel like I don't see as often when I'm reading fiction I do see it from time to time it's not that it's uncommon it's pretty common but I don't know it's most of the time I think I'm reading fiction that's written in the past tense and so the fact that he's using future calling into the future and also the past in it I think it's just so well done it was like so just so really masterful. And it's so short. It reminded me of this conversation that we had in an Asian lit colloquium. I don't know if you were there, Laura, we were reading a novella and we we're talking about the short form and how difficult it is and how masterful you have to be at writing so much in such a short time. So it's such a short space. And so I really appreciated seeing all of what he was able to do in this short space. And actually, Kofi, I'm, after reading this, I was like, you know what? I'm going to have my creative writing students read this because it's such a great model yeah. of like using all of these tools and techniques to do a lot in without having to over explain or, you know, be super expositional in your writing and still the emotional punch. You know, for those of you who are wondering, what do they text about? <laughs> when Kofi said, like, <laughs> mine was just a crying fake emoji. I was like, oh, the story <laughs> <you> <laughs> like like three paragraphs, you know? So yeah, it's, I just, I really enjoyed uh, just reading it. Yeah.
0: And and this is one of those stories where I could read the end sentence because it's, it's still a really strong sentence without ruining ruining the story. Yes. And it's that ideal of what it means to have shoes and walking. And so at the last, on the last page, the last third or fourth from the from the bottom up, her shoes make loud sounds in the hall. She passes through the doors and I can still hear the loud sounds of her shoes. And even when the teacher turns me toward the classrooms and I hear what must be the singing and talking of all the children in the world, I can still hear my mother's footsteps above it all. And it's this idea like they've been doing all of this walking back and forth And there is that moment where her mom reveals some part of her that lets you know that, oh, this is what she's going to be ashamed about. And it's powerful because it is such a short story that you don't know the names of the characters. You don't know the main character's name. You don't even know her mother's name. But what you know is that she's in this community. She's coming from this community. Her mom has a goal to get her into one particular school that is out of their serving boundaries. And she has to go to another school that isn't, that is closer to their their home, but not the ideal school for her daughter. But she has to go there anyway. And so that's the conflict. But then you have that climactic moment where she's engaging another parent. And there's this reveal, there's the the look that she gives the daughter that is unfamiliar. And, you know, it it just so much emotion right then and there. You go, like, oh my, this is so, so painful and so sad. Because you have to reconcile the fact that she's telling a story in the present, but with the memory of that present. But it's really a story about the past. And yes. that's like the brilliance of it. It's like super, super. Yeah, I, I, I've read oh. the story up to times.
1: Uh, talking about grammar, Sylvia, that last sentence that Kofi you just read, you know, when she says, I can still hear my mother's footsteps above it all, it's the I can still as in in the moment in that classroom at that age but also now right I can still yes. and that's the beauty of that present tense expression that in the moment that it was it is happening but also continues to happen and never stops and I, I mean I mean I could like hear it in my own ear as I was reading it right The ringing of the steps going down the hall and what mother must have been feeling as she's walking away, leaving her you know, child in the school that she didn't even want and having revealed a secret about herself, right? And you're right, I think the moment of that reveal, that brief exchange, the look is so critical that she looks at her daughter and then looks away. Like that broke my heart immediately as I read the sentences. I was like, oh, I see what's happening. Oh, it's so good. It's so good.
2: And it's so deceptively simple, but that's the mastery behind it, I think, is that like everything you ju- you just pointed out a perfect example of it, you know, that I think when people read this, you know, I think sometimes readers can take for granted how much work and technique must have gone into this very short story to make it work out this way. And maybe, it, I mean, maybe it was one of those mythical one-off stories that just kind of fell into place, but no, you can kind of tell like the decisions and the choices are you know, intentional and they are, you know, thought through and it's skill, you know, that has just been honed over time, but it looks so simple, you know, and the impact it's making is so huge. I really appreciate stories like that. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I really felt inspired by this one in terms of like the writing portion of it. And then the meaning Mm -hmm. portion of it, I just felt like a good story doesn't matter whose point of view it's from or experience from as a reader, you can find a way to relate, or it just—it feels like it's you in a way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like this one kind of draws you in. Maybe it's because I have mother issues. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's the reason why. But we <laughs> <It's only> all <laughs> like that's only all like the first part when I learned to be ashamed. Of my mother's like, mm, oh no, I don't know if I'm ready for this, but you know, like it's, it's, definitely... it's like just jabs you and then it turns the knife right there.
0: I think for me, I think the big reveal, it's sympathetic, you feel sorry for the mom, but then there's this level of determinism that you mm. respect her because of that determinism, that because she was so headstrong that she, her daughter is gonna be next to her rock, that church, and how for the school being close to that church, that juxtaposition creates a sort of safety net, a sort of an upliftment, if you will, and so for the protagonist as, or the narrator of the story, what she sees is that her mom gets thwarted by women who look like they should be on the cover of Essence magazine, which is, you know, was once, and I guess it still is, a black women's magazine. It was, I guess it's sort of a sophisticated black women's magazine like Ebony and uh, Jet were for sort of the middle class or burgeoning middle class from the late 50s um, up until the 80s and 90s. So this person represented something of style, of of grace, and she's thwarting her mom. And she has those moments where she's like, this is what I'm learning, because how her mom is determined, but defeated in a way. And then she has to go to this other school. And then, you know, you get that moment. And it's such a powerful moment. But yeah, all those stories are really good. But this one really stuck.
1: Can I just read that sentence I think you're referring to because I loved it? And she uses this construction, right? This is my mother, colon. Uh, He uses this construction. This is my mother, colon. And then he he says something about the mother. But on this page, he says, I am learning this about my mother, colon. The higher up on the scale of respectability a person is, and teachers Mm -hmm. are rather high up in her eyes, the less she is liable to let them push her around. That is a beautifully crafted <laughs> sentence. It uses a dash there as a parenthetical to, and teachers are rather high up in her eye. I, I love that. I highlighted that part too. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you learn a lot about the mother. When I read it, I was like, I think this is a kind of a almost a character sketch of the mother. And he does such an excellent job of developing that character, rounding it out. So, like, you see, kind of, she's this formidable woman. Kofi, I really like that word you use, like with determinism, and yet she has this, you know, thing, like I guess a weakness, if you want to call it that, that you learn about her, and then the way that the daughter is describing her is almost like with awe, a little bit of fear, Mm -hmm. and you can kind of get that tinge of shame coming in, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, like
2: In the way that, like, in the sentence that Laura mentioned, too, the fact that the mom knows that this school is outside of her boundary, yet she shows up anyways with her daughter, determined that her daughter will go there and have, like, you know, kind of causing a scene and things like that. So I just thought it was such an interesting way to you know, craft this rounded out character. Such again, a short time frame, you know, the story's actually, who's the story actually about, you know, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's really interesting. And in some ways, it reminded me of Jamaica Kincaid's girl, that very short. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just the about idea... to well, that yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And in, in the sense yeah. that it's got this like mother daughter relationship at the center of it. I mean, that one is very different, obviously, in the way that it's, you know, handling things and also like, I think the center core of the message, but at the same time, you know, it says so much about the mom and then what the Mm -hmm. daughter is receiving, you know, through that interaction. And so I just thought it was, I don't know, it's really interesting, a really interesting story too. And again, like it reminded me so much of the type of determinism I saw, like even my own mom, you know, and she would be just like this mom, dragging me to a school. She thought that was the right school for me. Like she would drag me and like raise a fuss. And that line you read, Laura, that's exactly my mom too. Like that's, She's the <laughs> higher up you are, the more she's going to raise a stink, you know, because she feels like you actually can do something about it, you know? So I kind of felt like the, oh, you know, the kind of awkwardness that you feel when like your mom has just caused this <laughs> thing, maybe no one else knows about, yeah. no one else knows how that feels, but the awkwardness you feel, you're just kind of standing there like, okay, now, what now as a child? But it was really it was interesting. I'm definitely <laughs> going to assign this for my students. My future creative writing students out there, you can thank Professor Adiza <laughs> here for, for this addition to our reading list.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think I said essence, I meant Ebony um, ads and everything. But there's a juxtaposition with that sentence you read, Laura, with the sentence that is on the next page, where she says, this is my mother. And mm. it's not what she's learning. It becomes more definitive. This is my mother. As the questions go on, now this is the woman who's helping her mom. As the questions go on, she takes from her pocketbook document after document as if they will support my right to attend school, as if she has been saving them up for just this moment. Indeed, she takes out more papers than I have ever seen her do in other places. My birth certificate, and she lists out, I mean, there's a list out of there. Every single paper, that has anything even remotely to do with my five-year-old life. Few of these papers are needed here, but it does not matter. And my mother continues to pull out the documents with the purposefulness of a magician pulling out a long string of scarves." So I think there's that that level of shame is now tied to an embarrassment, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. her mom has been very determined in one instance and now is kind of just just throwing like just pulling out things a- after another after another all in an attempt to you know answer form questions that she doesn't have the right ability
2: yeah. to do and you get and you, get, and you understand is, why as a as a reader you know you understand why yes. based off of the details that are given however you, you can tell this young child as you know adult looking back who's providing these details is telling you this without bonking you over the head with right you know over explanation and and even that comparison to the magician pulling out long scars is kind of like this ridiculous performance too, right? That's like yeah. attracting attention to. And so that's sort of what it evokes. And so even the choice of you know comparison there is so I think is so good in giving the reader a sense of what is happening internally in the speaker, in the protagonist or the narrator as well. So I loved that particular piece, the document and the determination and you understand why it's so important to the mom. But the right. little girl is sort of just being enacted upon and like, you know, watching all of this. <laughs> with some Right. But then there's, there's also no... some admiration changed into that too. It's not just embarrassment, uh-huh. I would say. Like, at the end, it's like this sort of, as the adult, looking back. Mm-hmm. It also looking reminds me up. of the Hayden poem, you know, what did I know? What did I know of love's yeah. austere and lonely? Opposite, oh, those winter Sundays? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the idea that love looks different to you as an adult when you look back than it did as a child yeah. and you didn't understand some of these motivations from your parents, but yeah.
1: Yeah, and-, you know, and all, you know, all of my favorites and I think all of those, the beauty of all of them is the compactness of- Right. Those few words in the Hayden poem and the few words Mm -hmm. in Girl by Kincaid Mm -hmm. and how compact it is. I think the Kincaid story is actually one long sentence with lots of commas and semicolons semicolons and colons. Right. And it's just Mm -hmm. one paragraph. And this story is obviously much longer than that. But even even so, it is a very short story. But what we get is the sense of how today, this day is going to change Life, (laughs) right? She says, You're going to go to school and learn about the world. And so there's a lot of references to brand new things, like things. This is the first time this has happened, including the new shoes, new clothes, even new underwear, but also like how tight her hair is made up that even it won't even come apart when she goes to bed at night. And she specifically says, Which has never happened before, right? And so, even Mm -hmm. that of controlling those things to make sure everything is going perfectly, despite these obstacles that we find out about. And which, by the way, I think we're doing a really great job not revealing the big reveal. (laughs) Because I really hope people will read this story. But I just the impresses me the weight of this day being communicated in this story, how important this day is to mom. And that's the heartbreaking part, you know,
0: Yeah. When I, I've used this story in our composition course here, and I always ask the students, so what does the first day actually apply to? What does it actually mean? Whose first Mm. day is it really?
2: Mm.
0: And what is being revealed on that first day? You know, is it really about the education or is it about the idea of education? And so that's how I try to use it, but ultimately it's probably more about the idea of what family and relationships are. And this first day for the narrator could be looked at and from one lens, I guess, as when she finds out something about her mom that she never knew before. And Mm -hmm. that, what she learns, we never really know how it plays out in the future, but what we do know is that the significance of that day is still lingering because that's the footsteps that is above it yes. all, that that, yes. that memory. And I think that that's an amazing aspect of the story that it, you just, there's a reason why this guy won the Pulitzer.
1: <laughs> it wasn't
0: just happenstance, you know, he's really, really good.
1: I think we're almost out of time now and have to, I can't believe how quickly 30 gone up. But I did want to share that Edward P. Jones did come to Columbia to read twice in the past, at least that I know of through Howard County Poetry and Literature Society. He visited in 94 and then in 2005. And if anyone is interested, if you look up, uh, go to YouTube and look up The Writing Life, there is an interview that he did with Ethelbert E. Ethelbert Miller. And he talks about the stories from this collection, as well as the known world. And he talks about his mom right at the beginning of that interview. And it's really, really good interview. So I want to thank you for listening. Thank you, Kofi, for introducing us to the story. I love it so much. So listeners, please look us up on dragondigitalradio.podbean.com. You can, I think, also look for us on Spotify. And of course, we're on Facebook. Look us up at uh, Bookish, a casual book club. What I'll do is I'll link the video to the interview on there and see if I can find a digital copy of the story or something like that and link it there if anyone is interested in reading the story. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, you you guys.
0: See you next time.